Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Midweek edition of Sabres Live. Uh, beautiful outside, and I uh, hope you're enjoying where you are today with Marty. I'm Brian, and it's uh, yesterday was so different and fun. I'm sure you walked away from the show feeling that, right? Yeah. Because you didn't expect a full-on hour-long tribute on your birthday, right? I did not expect it. I was doing all my research for the team of the day yesterday morning and getting ready for the Los Angeles Kings, and the group text was about the same as it always is every morning. And then all of a sudden, at noon, right, like the graphic for Sabres Live are up on our Zoom screen. And there comes J.P. Dumont. His face popped right on to my screen. I'm like, oh, my goodness. They got J.P. for my birthday. And then Jean-Luc Grandpierre. And then off the air, Duffer, I forget, I forget, should have mentioned it on the air. But well, maybe, did I mention it on the air, how Lukey and I used to ride our, do our RC cars? Yes, right okay. at the end of the show. Okay, well, Lukey must have been listening still when I mentioned it because about an hour later, he sends me a video. He goes, I still have mine from 1998. It still oh. runs. And he's in the sands of like a back lot and he's riding his RC car. Like the thing is flying. I'm so <laughs> jealous that I don't have mine. I was so like, ah, this thing doesn't work anymore. I threw it out or something. He still has his from 1998. What a... What a surprise text that was, but what a great, I got to say thank you to you and everybody in the control room that organized that because it was definitely a, a really nice surprise to my birthday. Yeah, and there's a long list of uh, significant hockey birthdays and local birthdays uh, today, and and yet, um, I, I part of me, as you know how I'm wired, um, Part of me feels bad that yesterday we didn't touch on the terrible news from north of the border when the Maple Leafs lost their tremendous young prospect in uh, Rodan Amarov. And at age 21, uh, a little more than a year after he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And then on top of it, and just kind of like, I feel like days like this are it. it the world is telling you to talk about this because yesterday we spent all day talking and enjoying your birthday and memories. Yeah. Right. And here the Maple Leafs as a family are sitting grieving the loss of an incredibly young, talented, impressive young man at age 21, which is unfathomable and arguably one of their greatest names in franchise history at the age of age of 86, as Bobby Bond passed away yesterday. And it's, and it just, it's such a reminder isn't it of just 
everything we're able to do on a daily basis and the people that we come across in the game, you know, most people know that I worked for the Leafs. Oh boy. Uh, in a previous life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 2001 to 2007, one of the greatest gifts of that era, me working for Leafs TV was not unlike here in getting to know the esteemed alumni and Bobby Bond, like there are probably a handful of people in my life that I've met where I remember the first handshake. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Like Bobby Bond's hands for a guy that was not super tall, but was, you know, really well put together. Like just, <laughs> they engulfed you. <laughs> yeah, I would, wow. But on top of it, he was just such an incredible human being, like the easiest guy to talk to the most wonderful storyteller. And all this from a player that, you know, scored an overtime cup, Stanley Cup final goal in overtime while playing on a broken ankle is legend. Um, but then, and then you just contrast that with Amaroff and the fact that he was never, you know, given that opportunity to create a legend. And it's just a tough time, right? When you kind of look at the, the big picture of life and death. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I know that there's some Sabres fans out out there are probably thinking it's Toronto Maple Leafs. Like we hate the Leafs, but there's also a history of the game and the human side of the game that when things happen, we got to talk about them. And obviously uh, who hasn't seen the video of Bobby Bond and getting wheeled off on a stretcher after breaking his ankle in the game six of the 64 Stanley cup finals. And then he returns later to score the overtime cup clinching goal and the Leafs won their what third in a row you said Duffer before mm-hmm. the, the show like yep. and, but but it's iconic like anybody that has had a love for the game remembers these black and white images of what it was like like we thought this guy and and let me remind you in 1964 when you had a broken ankle like that could have been the end of your career Mm-hmm. I remember reading about Maurice Richard and Maurice Richard broke his ankle in his rookie campaign and he had broken his ankle before and he didn't tell the Montreal Canadiens about that because he didn't want them to fear for his career and his longevity and his toughness. And he thought they were just going to play out his contract because people in the 50s and 60s, if you had a broken ankle, you were you were almost done. Here's Bobby Bond who breaks his ankle. They probably taped this thing up like with, uh, you know. Well, he said much- he kept it in ice for two days to get to game seven. And I'm thinking like, and he probably wasn't kidding where the the ankle never came out of a bucket of ice, which nowadays yeah. would be frowned upon because it's like 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off kind of thing. And you know but what? You would, would get the like, blisters make- and the, 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 the frostbites uh, all over right. your feet. But yes. no, that's, that to me is is just amazing how... Uh, he was able to, uh, uh, you know, to do that. And yeah, you're right. They, they, they did. He did score game six overtime winner. And then he played in uh, game seven mm-hmm. um, two days later. Yes. As he said, you think I was going to miss the culmination moment after that? Like no chance. So no, no, no. He's like, I'm not doing that, but yeah, it's, it's just incredible. Oh, you stirred up um, a thought there when, when speaking about uh, injuries and how devastating, not that they aren't now, but how potentially career ending they could have been. I would encourage people to read the story of Howie Morenz. And I, I don't know if you know it, like the legendary Montreal Canadian yes. player from, uh, well, he passed away in the thirties, uh, but 
for all intents and purposes, he died of a broken heart because mm-hmm. his injury was catastrophic enough that he wouldn't be able to play hockey. Yeah. And I think that if you ever want to read a story about, you know, an iconic name in the game and how much the game meant to that person, I would encourage you to read about Howie Moran's. But um, yeah. The cool it, thing about Howie Moran's is that his son-in-law was Boom Boom Joffreon and then Blake Joffreon. have such an unreal legacy, don't they? Like there's, like, a, there's, a, there's a family tree here from Ari Morantz that just kept on going. And the fact that his son-in-law ended up being like Boom Boom Joffreon, it's just pretty crazy. Yeah, and you just told the story again a week ago about <laughs> yeah. Boom Boom being listed as Boom Boom on the official stats yeah, as opposed to Bernie. It was not Bernard and it was not Bernie. <laughs> it was Boom Boom Joffreon. That's what people called him. <laughs> It's like if you were to put King Kong Korab on an NHL game right. sheet instead of Jerry Korab. Like you put King Kong Korab, you know, that's it. That's the way it goes. Uh, see, is this not the way graphics should appear in a telecast? What? Just like, with the nickname? Like, yes. Like if you're Alex, whatever, whatever nickname you want to pick. What's a current Sabre nickname that you love? Oh, uh, it's hard because some of the, well, <laughs> I do like TNT for Tage Thompson. I think it's very fitting. It's like a, a dynamite stick that explodes every time he shoots and Tage Thompson. There's two T's in the name. I I mm-hmm. like that. What about Bert? Bert? Yes. Which was a, a funny tweet from our friend Sal Capaccio. He said, have you ever heard Gilbert Perot referred to as Bert? And yeah, Bert is like, that's what everybody called him. Even yeah. you talk to players that have played with Gilbert Perot and they're like, they don't call him Gilbert. They don't call him Perot or whatever. It's Bert. <laughs> like, Hey, uh, you know, have you seen, uh, has Bert been in lately? What, how's right. Bert doing? Uh, what's yeah. happening? Yeah. Well, as far as the, the current Sabres are concerned, um, not a lot of activity right now as it pertains to uh, roster moves. Yes. That does, does not mean they're not contemplating future decisions. I know producer Jeff would like us to go down the Patrick Kane rabbit hole well, at least at least one more time before the month of August. Jeff, there's 14 days left in August. We got time here. Maybe <laughs> we might do this. No, but this is this is the beauty of like a collaborative effort of like what what's big, what's not, what's relevant in the the grand scheme of things, which is the chase for a playoff spot in this upcoming season. And, and while you can sit here and debate like, okay, is Pat Kane a good fit for the Sabres? Is Pat Kane more of a fit for the Sabres now that Jack Quinn is injured? Um, is Pat Quinn going to, or Pat Quinn, Pat is, Quinn. is Pat Kane going to be more of a fit? Um, you know, if they decide to move off of Victor Olofsson, meanwhile, Detroit is just <laughs> like, messing around with their defense core oh my through the entirety of this summer and they're the newsmakers right now in the atlantic division right like they're, well, they're, it's i know to we're gonna talk to shana about this on friday but she had a tweet yesterday saying uh adding jeff p3 makes the 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 the, the red wings defense still uh, underwhelming like it just doesn't add anything yeah they get them for 2.3 million dollars uh, because the Montreal Canadiens are retaining half of Jeff Petrie's salary and mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Penguins were already retaining a million point five. So this is a six and a half million dollar defenseman that the, the, the Red Wings are getting for two and a half million. OK, that's fine. But you still have Ben Sherratt, Jeff Petrie, Justin Hall, Jake Wallman, 
I mean, Shane Gostas Bayer can give you some really good, you know, like fun moments. But other than Mo Sider on the back end for Detroit, there's nothing really of substance there. And it's look, they're good NHL player. But if you want a playoff team, if you want a competing team, it's not there. I will put like the Sabres top pair against anybody on the on the Detroit Red Wings right now and say that that top pair alone and the Sabres makes that uh, more attracting than than the Detroit Red Wings full decor. There is a lot of experience there. Does that not bring does that not have some added value or do you just not like the individual parts? I don't like the individual part part. That's one way to 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 a really really good way to look at it. Is look look Ben Sherratt is an experienced guy. And Darren Drager on this show kept talking about Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt, he's going to be a good playoff commodity. Okay, maybe if you're making a playoff run and you need like a bottom pair guy that's going to give you some strong maybe defensive minutes and penalty mm-hmm. kill minutes, okay. But 82 games of Ben Sherratt, 82 games of Jeff Petrie, even though Jeff Petrie, I believe, still has some good upside, but it's slowing down. You're getting those guys on the downslope of what has been a really good career, not on the upslope. Um, you know, I so I I think it's 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 a good way to look at it is that you know they've got experience, but I feel like it's experience that's diminishing in their play, and it's slow. It's slow. What do we talk about? We need speed. We need speed throughout the game, and Detroit as slow on the back end. Well, I, I mean, obviously, cider is not in that realm, and no. I don't, I don't believe Wallman would fall into that category either. Um, but I, I, I mean, don't know, Justin like you Hall, like Ben Sherratt, and Jeff Petrie, that doesn't the, like in, inspire speed. Okay, but they have Simon Edmondson too, and yes, I, you mentioned I, that a lot. Yes, so I mean, I really feel like Eiserman is taking the patient approach with Edvinson based on how he's now rounded out his likely group of seven um, at the NHL level. But you liked Justin Hall enough to even suggest him last year when Toronto was contemplating getting rid of him. Yes. As a Sabre, Gostas Bear had more than 40 points and ended the year with a very good team in Carolina. Um. I don't know. I'm really, as you can tell, I do not have a super strong opinion one way or the other as to whether they're good, whether they're bad, or whether they're just even improved from a year ago, which even if they're marginally better, that should, in theory, make Detroit you know, kind of in lockstep with Buffalo to keep on improving, no? Well, in Buffalo and Ottawa and trying to sneak right. in and be one of those teams. I get it. Now, I I, mean, yeah, they... I was saying about Justin Hall, I would like him in Buffalo. I would like him to be what? To be a sixth defenseman and okay. play the penalty kill, right? And then the Sabres acquired Ilya Labushkin, which is a very similar type of player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe more physicality on the Labushkin side. And if playing at the right spot on the back end, can give you solid minutes and effective minutes. But if you have him in your top four, you're in trouble. So Justin Hall is the same way. The only thing with Justin Hall is that in Buffalo, he would have had a Darlene, a power, 
uh, a Samuelson, now a Connor Clifton, and he would have had so many players ahead of him. I almost feel like the Detroit Red Wings are looking at Justin Hall as you're our number five guy. You know, like you have him as a number five, you're in trouble, right? And you have mm-hmm. Chirot and, and Petrie as number three and four. Um, I don't think that it fits the 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 ranking files that you need to follow when you have a, de- a good decor. Hmm. Who's the odd? So if you have Sherratt, Augustus Bear, Hall, Wallman, Mata, Petrie, and Cider, that's seven. Who's the odd yeah. man out from that? Oh, I am going to say it would probably be. Because it's not Cider and it's not Wallman. No, and it's, it's not, not going to, and not... it's not going to be Petrie. So I, no, it's not Petrie. And it's not going to be It's going to be Sherratt. Um, I would think that at the start of the season, they may give Gostas Bear a lot more uh, room to to perform. I think mm-hmm. Gostas Bear had a great season last year, and I think yeah. he can continue to add that aspect. I think it's Justin Hall that may be the... But he got a three-year deal. But that's the problem. I feel that... Ghost is the only one on an expiring contract. I feel like Detroit has, has really put themselves and maybe it's a little bit of a disconnect between what Steve Eisenman has done and what the coaching staff would like to do. And then at the end of camp, you have a, you know, a, a meeting and this, this, you know, moment of reaction and reflection and saying, well, I don't care if he's got a three-year deal. He's not in my top six right now. You know, like okay. the Sabres are in the same position. You're looking at the right. Sabres and who's going to be out when it's all said and done. You just acquired Eric Johnson. Is he the and guy so that's going to be Carolina, out? And so is insert team here. This is, yes. uh, thank you. Thank you for landing on this because this is why it's super interesting. Do you sit it, out because- Henry Yoki, are you, who's been like, a really a top four guy and played a lot of big minutes. Do you sit out Labushkin? Who's you're like, hey, you know what? We signed him as a free agent last year, and I thought Labushkin performed well. If you got him the right spot, do you sit out Eric Johnson? Uh, is it you know Corey Stillman or or, or uh, Corey Stillman, Riley Stillman, the son yeah. of Corey Stillman, or Jacob Bryce? Like, there's so many guys that deserve to play but will not play in the end because it's just going to be a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So. All roads lead back to Carolina. Yes. When is Pesci being traded? Well, I and, don't know and, if they'll ever do it. <laughs> and when is Hannafin being traded from okay. Calgary? You know, like the, this is, this is, uh, first of all, before I forget, because <laughs> you mentioned Dregs and he's yes. on summer hiatus. Who was more overhyped? Ben Sherratt or, or the that. monster? Jonas Gustafsson back in the day. Oh, you remember when TSN? I remember when Jonas Gustafsson came in. They did like features on him, and he was going to be the new up and comer, and he was going to be the goalie outside of the NHL. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know what? And I'm not pinning it on Dregs. I'm saying Dregs was in the unenviable position of having to talk about it all the time because of you know TSN helped perpetuate the myth of this monster. The monster. That, I remember you know the monster. I mean? He's the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist, right? Because he was the Swedish like king coming, the prince coming yeah. up behind the king or whatever, like taking the NHL by storm. I'll tell you this. We had this, these things happen in Buffalo over the last few years too with Jonas Johansson, right? Like the guy was good in the American League and he looked good in practice. And then in the game, there was nothing there. And this is the time of year where we're going to see 
you know, goaltenders showed up at at, at camp and there's going to be hyped with goalies and, and whatnot. Practice goalies in the summer look really good. Really good. And I'm talking to NHL goalies that they, they do everything good. They move good. They do the drills. They, 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 they're fast in their crease. But then when you start playing games, uh-huh. they lose their feel. They lose their comfort blanket. They lose their, and Jonas Gustafsson was like that. Jonas Johansson was like that. Uh-huh. Right. Now and in Tampa, I, I, by the way. Was that? I said now in Tampa, by the way, and has now a legitimate shot of being the backup to uh, one of the greats. Yes, yes, absolutely. In uh, Vasilevsky in Tampa, so it may be Vasilevsky and Johansson, it may be Havlid, whatnot. But but there's a lot of people now, like youth hockey goalies, that are going to go in in their camps with their teams. Right? It's August. You're going to go back on the ice, and you're going to say, like, I had a great summer working on the ice with my goalie coaches, and it was great. <laughs> You have to switch gear between being a goalie practice and a and now a, a a practice goalie, I should say, and a game goalie. There's a difference between summer, you know, goaltending and, and game goaltending. And I feel that, you know, this is going to be like we see videos of Devin Levi, you know, on Instagram. Look at Levi. He's 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 got like the, the practice going or whatever. That's great. How are you going to do it in in preseason games, in scrimmages? That is going to be very telling. So um, you look at, and to go back to the defense question, you look at Carolina, they have a surplus of defensemen. You look at Calgary, they don't have that much of a surplus. Noah Hannafin is one of seven right now listed on Cap Friendly, and I know there's probably some prospects in there. So I would say Brett Pesci would be the most likely candidate to be moved at some point, but I just don't see Carolina doing it. Carolina wants to stuck the cupboard with everything they got. They want three goalies. They want 90. They want 27 forwards. That's what they Mm -hmm. want to do. And then they'll figure it out afterwards. Well, the Flames technically would have eight because Oliver Shillington is coming back this year, thankfully. So hopefully, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really terrific news for them. Um, That could leave them with Shillington, who would come in at still one of the best bargain rates in the NHL at two and a half million um, before he took a step back and, you know, took a year off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been a critical piece for them. You got Anderson, you got Uyghur and Tanev and Zadorov. And so it, it would be, it would be fascinating to see what they can command on the market for Noah Hannafin. But at the same time, like they're just, they're finding themselves in that, that space where so few players want to commit to them long-term. And well, if you're it, a team it, in need, Duffer, do you go, do you look at big price defensemen like Noel mm-hmm. Hannafin or Brett Pesci? Or do you look at, well, the Sabres have a surplus. We could get a Henry Yoki, are you possibly? Or we mm-hmm. could get a Jacob Bryson. Or we could get, like, there's a, there, there's two approach to it. There's a lot of names, especially on the blue line, that may be available. And if you're Kevin Adams right now, you're probably following the market, right? You're like mm-hmm. everybody's cottage season, it's summer, but it's also mid-August. When most players come back into town, they're going to start their informal skates soon. They've been skating in their own ways, but they're going to start their informal skates soon. And if you're Kevin Adams, you're you're keeping tabs on who needs a defenseman, who is looking to bolster their D, who's got cap, um, not cap, draft capital that maybe or prospect capitals that we could go and acquire that mm-hmm. we can flip around at some point and go get somebody significant up front. There, that's the moment of the year for that. 
Yeah. Um, because we did tease the idea of Pat Kane once yeah. again, and before we take our first time out and then dive into our team of the day, which is the LA Kings, um, has your opinion at all changed on need, desire, appetite for not young, but still reasonably young in the grand scheme of life, Pat Kane? So my opinion has changed a lot over the last year and a half, right? It went from, oh, he'd be great here, but wait until the summer. It's not a trade deadline acquisition thing. To, now the Sabres are good now. They got a whole lot of prospects and players to take those spots. To, I think that Patrick Kane would have a a good role with this team. I just don't see it happening until the season is started. You have to give your internal players, and I'm talking about prospects and and guys that are maybe wanting to elevate their game up a little bit, a chance to take it in training camp, a chance to show what they want to do. And I'm not saying that you're blocking Yuri Kulik or you're blocking uh, Isaac Roseanne or Lucas Rusek or Linus Weisbach by bringing in Patrick Kane because obviously the Sabres want to get better. They want to get better. And if Patrick Kane fits the mold and it can have a significant uh, production with the team, you would do it anytime. But I just feel like there's such an internal competition. And Don Granado talks about competition all the time. Mm-hmm. That you want to dangle that carrot up in front of everybody in training camp and say, here it is. Here it is. Go get it. Show me you want it more than the guy next to you. Danny Gare talks about it all the time when he talks about when he was a kid and he needed to show that he wanted it more than the guy down the street, that the guy in the next town over, that the guy in the next city over, the guy in the next province over. That's the 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 basic of a winner. That's the guy that your number gets retired, right? Like Danny Gare's 18s retired here. Why? Because he had that competitive nature. And so I feel if Patrick Kane was ever to get to Buffalo in some way, shape or form, and I think Kevin Adams would like to do that at some point because Kevin always had really tremendous respect for Patrick Kane. Mm -hmm. Knows him since his early days in Chicago and has always had tremendous respect for him. But it wouldn't be in training camp. It would be once the season started, if there's a, a lack in something if there's injuries also but if there's a piece missing then you could look into it you want me to say something really uh damaging to my reputation of uh prep preparation and knowledge no I, well <laughs> yes but no yes this is where we inadvertently fade to black before i can spit out how i'm gonna ruin my credibility no i was it wasn't it wasn't that I'd completely forgotten, but for some reason it was a little bit well, I, first of all, I hadn't seen it on hockey reference before. You know when you go to individual player bi- bios and you see where they finished in voting for the awards yes. and whether they won awards? I had not seen them list NHL 100 before. Oh, okay. I've never seen that either. So it was beside Pat Kane's, you know, when they did this in 2017 to celebrate, you know, 100 years of the NHL and which 100 players were at the top 100. And like, obviously, at that point, there was massive recency bias because the Hawks had just won three Stanley Cups. So Taves was on it. Kane was on it. Keith was on it. Right. But it, it and again, it's not. Like, obviously, I'd kind of forgotten that he was part of it, but it makes perfect sense based on the timing of the thing. But then I dove in a little deeper <laughs> just to, okay, is is Pat Kane for sure, like, one of the 100 greatest of all time? And then, obviously, the three cups validate that, which which you knew. His playoff numbers are good, quite good. 
And then I went digging a little deeper into the playoff numbers and like, okay, I made a minimum of 60 games played in the playoffs in somebody's career. Yeah. Kane comes in basically in the top 40-ish in points per game. Not everybody's a Hall of Famer. The one reminder, the one great reminder is that Gilbert Perrault still, after all this time, even though they never won the cup, he's top 10 in Stanley Cup points per game for anybody that's played more than 60 games. And you know who else is in the top 20? Ken Lindsman. Okay. It's insane how good he was for the Flyers, but they could never get past the Oilers yeah, to win the whole thing, there. right? But he was such a gamer. And it was just, it was really cool. And he was a rat. That, like, that was literally his nickname. Like, he was such a pain in the to play against, right? But he was so productive. And I just, it was fascinating just kind of going down that little rabbit hole and seeing, you know, where Kane fits in, seeing names like Steve Schott, who's a Hall of Famer, but then Rick Martin's still not in the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, well, why is that? You know, so just, I kind of went in a million directions, so... Well, you know what's funny is you just mentioned when they did the greatest 100 players of all time, Mm -hmm. there was two current players that definitely were going to be on there. Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, right? They were on that list. In 2018, we got to remember, that was 2018 when they did that. Um, You're right. There was not no other current NHL players on the list other than those three Chicago Blackhawks players and Kane Taze and Duncan Keith. Why? Because... They had just won the three cups and it was easy to vote for them. But mm-hmm. anybody coming close, you had guys that came close and uh, Chris Pronger, he had just retired and Yarmir Yager, was he still playing or not? But he had just retired officially, but there was nobody else. I look at the list. There was nobody else that was current in the NHL at the time. Maybe Datsuk was just freshly retired, but there was nobody else, but those three Chicago Blackhawks player. So, yeah, it was recently biased, obviously, to vote for them and put them in the top 100. Right. But still a compelling argument as to whether it was right. And I think most would agree it is. Yeah. Uh, remember who number 101 is and is still referred Evgeny to that Malkin. as a great hockey nickname? Evgeny Malkin. Evgeny Malkin. I love it. Like, that. that that's a great nickname. <laughs> that is absolutely a great is nickname. Is it better than 98? So do you remember no. what 98 no, no, is No, there's no chance. There, of course. Okay, of yeah. Course. If you want to say his name, you go right ahead. Well, I'm going to say hi to Jeff Holbrook, a great friend of the show. Hollywood uh, is another nickname. He had many nicknames, and uh, Hollywood is definitely a character. But a lot of people know him as 98 because uh, he was always a step behind 99. <laughs> right there with him. And what a perfect segue because our team of the day, the Los Angeles Kings. Oh, yes. It's all straight ahead. On Sabres Live, WGR, Sports Radio 550, and MSG. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. I hope your birthday yesterday was fit for a king, mm-hmm. Marty Baron. How was it? It was great. You know what I, we had for dinner is one of my all-time favorite meal is turkey cutlet with this prosciutto and sage stuffing. It's like a great Thanksgiving, like, but like there's gravy. It's so good. I could eat that stuffing. I could make like a full bowl of stuffing. It's corn muffin prosciutto and sage with with chicken stock or whatever and uh-huh. i could just eat the stuffing put in a big ball like a yeah. meatball and just eat the stuffing it's so good i'm happy you had a great day and we're talking kings because la is our team of the day sabers mm-hmm. historically against the uh west coast outfit known as the los angeles kings 131 meetings buffalo 64 48 and 19 all time including an impressive 38 wins at home where they've had some very very marty lopsided decisions i for whatever reason i was just sitting there thinking i'll bet you they've had mass like a ton of massive high scoring games against la at home in fact uh 12 times they scored seven or more in home Ooh. victories against Los Angeles. That's a pretty big number. And you were a part of one of them in particular where big Roman Chekmanic was at the other end in the Kings goal. Yeah. Roman Chekmanic was uh, known for playing for the Philadelphia Flyers, but was also an LA King. And we were playing at home on February the 13th, 2004. And if anybody was like, why did they have a lockout of 2004, 2005 and saying that low scoring was in effect? That game was not low scoring. It was an 8-3 win that we had at home. And it looked like everything that everybody touched went in the net. Obviously, I gave up three goals three goals, and got the win. It wasn't a great game for me. But you got Maxima Fenneganov scoring. You had Henrik Talinder scoring. You had Alex Kodalik scoring. And I remember this Chris Drury goal that we just showed on MSG. He got a nice pass. He came in and he just shot it. Five and Chekmanic didn't even go down. He uh-huh. did the one half butterfly oh type thing. He was swimming outside of his crease. He threw his blocker at one point at a puck uh, because he couldn't get to it, and he threw his blocker back towards the puck. Like it was an absolute mess, but it was definitely a fun game. And this is the the year that it all came through together. Like we didn't make the playoff that year. There was a lockout the year after, but then it set it up for 0506. But we were close to getting in the playoffs. We had a good run in February and uh, March wasn't that great, but it was, wow, what a game. I remember that one. These checkmatic highlights are unreal. Now <laughs> it's totally unfair for Roman because as much as he, you know, couldn't get Philly over the hump in the playoffs, despite some, some good games. Um, 
the bulk of like his prime decade in the NHL, he was one of the top save percentage netminders in oh, the yeah. league. And uh, but then you see games like this, and the forum was just. It could really get away from him. Let's put it that way. But it that's was like not a Ronnie Xtall style for a while. Like how Ronnie Xtall would come out and yes. challenge and yeah. and the stay on his slightly, feet and lean yeah. like the tower, leaning tower of Pisa, like in yeah. net or whatever. But mm-hmm. I remember when I was with the Flyers, you talk about Roman Chikmanek quickly. There was a wall of achievement, right? Mm-hmm. First team all-star, big trophies, Stanley Cups or whatever. And Roman Chikmanek was a second team all-star with the Flyers the one season. Like, literally, he was the second best goaltender in the NHL. He missed out on the Vesna Trophy. He was second in voting, second team all-star. Like, that's high achievement for a guy that people would think was a terrible goalie. Watch highlights, and you say, the guy's terrible. But he did have some significant uh, save percentages, and he took the league by storm when he came up, and then they got a book on him, and it it was uh, downhill after that. Do you remember, though, when he appeared in the world championships prior to his NHL arrival. He had those green and gold pads oh, yes. while playing for check. And he would come in sometimes in a shootout. He, I think he was the first guy I ever saw that come was off brought the bench. in specifically for shootouts. He Anyway, interesting remember when he legacy. His, remember when he was with the Flyers and in the playoffs against the Toronto Maple Police? Yeah, Robert Reichel. He lost his glove and he's trying to get his glove back and he's leaning down on the yeah. ice to grab his glove. Robert Reichel from the corner shot it over his head into the net. And by the I time Chick picked up his, <laughs> his, his glove and was ready, he's looking for the puck. He has no idea it's behind him. Oh my gosh. Well, we a little King's digression there, but yes. I remember a very similar game in 2006 when one of my all-time favorite Sabres, Jochen Hesch, had his only NHL hat trick, part of a four-point game in a 10-1 win, Marty. Uh, He and Drury had uh, four points each, and yet another of these games in the Butterknife jersey (laughs) where Buffalo excelled in front of the home fans. And, uh, you know, you look at... uh, Again, who's who's in who's tending here? I didn't even check the highlights before. Oh well, they've already flipped because the last goalie that we it saw was a different goaltender. Right yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who started the game on that one, but uh, they but, did have. Uh, I believe was it Michael Telquist there at some point too? He was, but I yeah. Um, who would have been the right-handed catching goalie in LA? Matthew Garon. Yeah, probably Matthew Garon. Matthew yeah, Garon probably yeah. was playing one of the there. kings of the shootouts. Speaking of uh, check Monarch earlier, Garon. Oh my gosh, he had a ten and zero year one year in shootouts with LA. It was absolutely mind blowing. How, how about this six nothing win that the Sabres had against the Kings where it was zero zero uh after two periods, Phoenix Copley, Craig Anderson, and this then year? this year, and then Craig Anderson ends up in a six nothing win. First shutout in nearly four years for Craig Anderson when he had that shutout against the King. And it was a tight 0-0 battle, and then it exploded in the third. It was, oh, it was great. Do you remember how it turned? Buffalo had a brief five-on-three. They won the face-off right to Tage in the slot, and he scored, and it and just he scored broke everything right wide slot. open. Yeah. yeah, I remember that it was weird because it wasn't really a set play, but it was some kind of a setup with mm-hmm. Tage in the slot. The puck came to him. He took a shot. Boom, it opened up, and then it was 6 nothing after that. So I didn't want to broach um, NHL stats and their research department in the offseason. I thought I would give them a little break. But how often do you think Adam Mayer and Matt Ellis scored in the same NHL game? I'm going to get to the bottom of this at some point, but they, believe it or not, Marty. I would I would say one time would be the absolute most I could bet. If, it, if the line was set at 
pl- at one at, at a half a half time i would bet the under but i guess now i have to bet the over well i don't know i mean my i might have stumbled on the only time it ever happened yes. we were uh living in the toronto area had season tickets to the sabers and i was adamant that i was going to see drew dowdy in his first year while coming into town playing with la against the sabers it was December 19th, 2008. I was working at NHL Network at the time. So I had had a couple of days off. Yep. And I'm like, I'm going to this game regardless. Want to know how many hours it took me to get from Toronto to Buffalo in the midst of this snowstorm that I would be not be denied? Five hours. Five hours and more than three on the way home. All oh, to boy. see Buffalo win 5 nothing, And there was hardly anybody there. Like <laughs> the, nobody could get to the game. Yeah. And um, it was a five, nothing win. Mayor and Ellis both scored Ryan Miller, 40 saves and drew Dowdy a dash three in his first ever game <laughs> in Buffalo. So. You talk about defensemen um, and drew Dowdy has been a fantastic defenseman for the LA Kings. Rob Blake was a really good defenseman for the LA Kings for many years. And we're play- playing in LA one year and it has to be, I don't remember what year, but I'm, I'm backing up. I'm sitting on the bench and I'm backing up and Rob Blake is playing with the LA Kings and right next to the bench, right? There's a couple of ladies that are sitting right there. And Rob Blake between like whistle is saying hi and he's chatting with them and whatnot. And I'm like, dude, like play the game. He goes, <laughs> Chill out, dude. It's my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So somehow his wife and another guy's wife or whatever were sitting right next to the visitor's bench, but it was right by the blue line. And Uh, Rob Blake being a right D, I believe it was a right D. Maybe he wasn't. But anyway, he's on the right side of that one. It was right by the bench. He's talking to these two girls. I'm like, dude, how about you play the game? I'm trying to get under his skin. He goes, relax, dude. That's my wife. Just a crushing (laughs) hitter was Rob Blake back in the day. The high hips and just would take guys out so hard. We showed the highlights earlier of your win, one of, against LA. You were 2-0 lifetime against the Kings as a Sabre in three starts. Don Edwards, the most goaltender wins against LA. He had 10, Hasek 7, Miller 5, Linus Allmark again, a perfect 4-0 against LA. And then my favorite stat line, with uh, uh, double numbers, the great Gilbert Perrault, number 11, mm-hmm. played 66 games against L.A. He had 33 goals, 44 assists, 77 oh. points. <laughs> That's pretty so, good. So, yeah, right from the start, uh, I mean, it didn't seem to matter what the matchup was. Uh, Perot was going to be the consistent threat that he always was during his Hall of Fame career. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. We have a lot of birthdays. On the heels of your birthday, we have a lot of birthdays to get to, so stay tuned for that. It's all ahead here on the Wednesday edition, Sabres Live, WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. 
we are now officially less than a month away from the start of the Prospects Challenge at Lecom Harbor Center. And once again, it's a six-team tournament. Sabres, Bruins, Habs, Devils, Sens, Pens. Tickets are on sale now for $10. And you can check it all out at sabres.com slash prospects. So we encourage you to uh, make your way a month from now down to Harbor Center. And of course, it'll all be a part of Sabres Fan Fest weekend. Winding down quickly, the show. You know what yes, people sir? said yes, last sir? year? Other teams like Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators, like uh, team, uh, you know, p- personnel or whatnot. We're like, can't believe how many people are here, not just to see the Sabres, but to see all the prospects in the other teams. So, the, you know, come and see the hockey because it's great hockey prospect everywhere. And it's not just the Sabres, but it's other teams and you get to see them right from up close. Happy birthday, Sabre prospect, Matteo Costantini. He's one yes. of the birthdays we're talking about on this day. Matteo is 21. He'll be attending Western Michigan University this year after a couple of years at North Dakota. But Marty, the list of current NHLers having a birthday today, very long, although Carey Price will likely just be a cap hit in today's NHL. But he's 36. Travis Hamanick is 33. Adam Pellick is 29. Capo Kakinen is 27. Gabe Velarde is 23, but perhaps the biggest hockey name of all. And we are looking at the wonderful Photoshop work uh, (laughs) being done on Gabe Velarde put out by the Jets today. But is there a bigger name in hockey amidst that entire group than the Bob father, Bob McKenzie? Oh, Bob McKenzie? (laughs) Bobby Margarita's birthday's today? Yes. Dude, the guy. Of course, Miller was the one to post about it. So Yeah, well, I would think so. Obviously, Gord would remember everybody's birthday and have a full calendar of everybody in all uh, international hockey, NHL, juniors, broadcasters, studio analysts, whatever. But uh, Bob McKenzie has probably the best cottage pictures ever. When July 1 would come around, July 2 was cottage picture season and margarita season. Therefore came the nickname Bobby Margarita. So uh, to Bob McKenzie, happy birthday on this August the 16th and everybody else as well. And then he turned it into a branding opportunity and actually made the drink and sold the drink and has enjoyed semi-retirement ever since. Congratulations to a man who I have a great hometown connection with because his roots were in Whitby, Ontario for a long time. And we both share an incredible love of the game of lacrosse, which ties us in with the next birthday, which is Bandit, eight-year standout Nick Weiss, who is, of course, like his teammates, an NLL champion. So happy 31st to Nick Weiss on that one. I know you wanted to dive in very quickly on a couple of fill-in-the-blanks. So, uh, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Madonna. Um She's will, also 31. <laughs> who will grace the cover? Kel McCarr's on it this year. Who's going to yes. grace the cover of EA Sports NHL 25? I know this is a long shot, but I would think that Tage Thompson has a really good opportunity to possibly be the guy. If he scores over 50 and he has the big shots and the hands, it would be like a very, very unique type of player, but one that they could definitely promote and, and market. So I would think Tage Thompson... As an outsider to be on the cover of EA Sports NHL 2025. Blank is the worst player jersey number combo ever. Okay, I remember. I think it was Guillaume Latendresse. That was the number 84. Like, uh-huh. it was the worst number. Like, come on, 84? That's just brutal. Uh, I believe Jose Theodore was 60 as a goaltender. I'm like, come on, 60 as a goaltender? Like, that was some bad Montreal Canadiens number. But if you're with the Montreal Canadiens, there's no numbers to pick from. So you got to pick some bad numbers. And you just sit there 
quietly owning double zero after all this time, thinking it was the greatest thing ever. Right? Awesome. It of course it was. Just like you. We'll see you tomorrow, Marty. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.